there's something about that that really has fed into some of my stuff around intimacy of like that I'm that I'm going to get close to someone and be just destroyed. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I am Jared. And we just got done doing a photo shoot. We did. Yeah, I'm like super excited about it. You guys, if you follow us on social media, um, you'll probably see some new photos popping up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like you're more natural with that stuff than I am, but both of us are very awkward. Yeah, oh, for sure. It, taking a, <laughs> doing a photo shoot sounds so much more glamorous than it is, but like, it's so much of the photographer being like, okay, now giggle, and you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like very awkward, and you know, I think I would probably be less awkward if you weren't watching me. Me? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I probably me too. Yeah. If, it's just if it like was you just and you the and the photographer. photographer. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like totally. my first photo shoot for Hello and Goodbye, I was it was like we were drinking champagne and like it was like more Got just music like, going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, and we just honestly like we just didn't have the time today to like yeah. have music and have mimosas and you know, and our photographer uh Jenna Lowry is amazing. Follow her on we talk say this all the time at belching babe yep. on instagram um but yeah i'm excited to like i guess my vision was kind of like we talk about this all the time but like the show has really evolved and we've really evolved and it's mm -hmm. kind of like a glow up for yeah. like us sure you know although <laughs> i <laughs> so the dress that I got specifically for the photo shoot, which by the way, I got from Revolve. I love Revolve and I got it on sale. So it was only $50 and it's like a fire dress. Um, it looked like we were doing an engagement shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, we're recording this and we did the shoot on Valentine's Day. So I literally had to like leave my girlfriend this morning and be like, now I'm going to do couples photos with... Are you seeing her again tonight? No, no, we, we did our whole thing. You like, did yesterday. it yesterday. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's pretty, she's cool, super cool for uh, being so trusting with you. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. I had, I had to like, re, I had to refocus where the shoot was going. Cause you know, it's so important, like as a photographer, like they have to make you feel super comfortable yep. and they don't know a hundred percent what your vision is. And you don't kind of know, like I had a couple shots in mind and we had done those. And then, you know, I had this kind of vision, but then I didn't know. Anyway, we refocused and we got some, we got some amazing shots. Yeah. There's going to be so many, but um, I'm going to, I'm keep trying to like evolve, evolve the Instagram page and kind of look at other people's pages and see what I like. And mm -hmm. so anyway, this will be a little bit of a, a glow up and um, I want to do a new cover photo with Jared in it. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So like, sure. I'm thinking like a little bit more, maybe animation like. Oh, okay. Or, or I was thinking like, a photo where like I'm sort of out of focus way in the background something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could work too well I'll figure it out but I mean I, I was thinking of a little bit more um, like a graphic design kind of yeah, thing yeah that'd be fun yeah so and anyway by the way this does give me like respect for remember when Jordan that guy was on the Bachelor and 
he's a model. Yes. Right? And he was like, it's a skill. It is definitely it totally a skill. It totally is. Because like, when a photographer was like, okay, now like give me like sexy and bring some energy into it and move around. And I'm like, I, I just freeze up. I'm like, <laughs> I uh, I don't know how to do that. I know. It's so awkward. And I always feel stressed before photo shoots. But then when it's done, I'm like, okay. And then you pray that it comes out the way that you hoped it did. And sometimes yeah. sometimes you end up with something that you didn't envision, but it, like is even better. Yeah. 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 You did great. Um, So anyway, so that's coming. And also, so so today's Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. um, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I got, I was walking down the street at downtown Redlands and um, this little, I was like walking by this family and this little boy just looked up at me. He was like, must've been like seven years old. He's like, happy Valentine's. And I was like, Oh. You're like, you're my boyfriend today. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the only happy Valentine's from the male population I'll receive. Um, no, it was, uh, yeah. So anyway, happy Valentine's. Um, and then the the day that this episode is coming out, I will, it's surgery day for me. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So unless, How are you feeling about that? Um... Ugh. I'm ready for it to happen, mm-hmm. but it's it's nerve wracking. Yeah, you know, there always is potential for complication. Potential, my vocal cords could change. It's a very mm. very small chance, but you know, my voice is my work. Um, mm. And you know, just that feeling of being uncomfortable, super tired, um, having to be really conscious about like making sure that you you don't get constipated from like the oh the yeah. drugs and yeah. like you know there's just so much involved other than like the actual pain of the surgery so yep. and you know like you have to wake up in the middle of the night and make sure you take your medication so you're staying ahead of the pain and oh, you know yeah. there's just so much to it um i will have to wear like a neck collar around and it'll probably be a little bit before i can drive and then it, i don't know there's just there's a lot of elements that I don't know because I've been told lots of different things of that the recovery is actually pretty easy compared to other surgeries. Um, and then some people are like, oh yeah, you know, it's gonna be pretty uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah. You know, your neck is so much more, so much different than other areas. It's a little bit scarier. So yeah, I don't know. But anyway, as you're listening to this, if you're listening day of in the morning, I probably am in surgery if you're listening a couple days later i'm out so oh yeah so send liana some like good vibes yeah when you're listening to this if you're listening on the day that it drops yes. or in the next couple days because you'll be at home recuperating yes for yeah sure. or dm liana and send her some love yeah and and just an fyi we're gonna record um the intro to next week's episode the a couple days before my surgery so you know you'll mm-hmm. be a little behind on like what we're going through in our life but you know. We'll catch you up. Yeah. Nothing that exciting. It's either that or no episode. So yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> um, okay. So housekeeping stuff. Um, just make sure to go to our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com for all of the links to our sponsors, to our social, to our YouTube. Um, you can access the episodes there and there's some fun stuff about us on the mm-hmm. page as well yeah tushy v fresh oh my g uh valentine's day a good time to like gift yourself a valentine's yes. like oh my g yes so the know? ioba toy the oh my g is the vibrator that 
like specifically stimulates the G spot. Um, I have used it. Oh, do you have a review for I us? do have a review. Um, so it was a lot of sensation. So, <laughs> so I, like you guys know, like I have difficulty finishing without um, clitoral stimulation. Stimulation, yeah. Most women. Yes. And specifically without uh, a vibrator mm, mm -hmm. using uh, with clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. So I used this and the clitoral vibrator. Oh, wow. And it was a lot. <laughs> you like, hold on to your fucking hat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say it's definitely like a very real sensation of someone having their finger. It's really that come hither motion is the it way is. they describe it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was... I like, I mean, I like it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not something I'm super used to because I'm used to just like when I masturbate, I'm just like, okay, grab the vibrator 20 yeah. seconds later, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little bit more of a journey. Yeah. You know, I would recommend like using lube, obviously, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of um, warm up before you slip yeah, it in there. Sure. Um, I will say this and I didn't want to promote it on Hannah's episode last week. It is kind of large, and because the, of the pelvic pain that I've been through, mm. it, it's a little big for me. Interesting, okay. So, um, <laughs> would you ever think a woman would say that? No. Actually, that is a thing. It, it can be too big, period. Yeah, I've, yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, so I, I might email them and just be like, you know, I would suggest like, I think you guys should make a smaller version of this, mm -hmm. you know, for yeah. those who may have pelvic pain mm -hmm. from, um, anyway, but- you get them to name it after you. <laughs> but anyway, if you don't have that, you're gonna love it. Yeah. So go to iobatoys.com, ioba is I-O-B-A, and you're gonna use code hello and goodbye to get 30% off your oh my G. That is a legit discount. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So, oh yeah, and then just like make sure to rate and review for us. Yeah, we're at almost at a hundred ratings. Yes, which is very exciting. Can't wait. And we have a contest going on. So February twentieth is the last day to submit your review, mm -hmm. and we'll do an Instagram live. Yep. When I'm well enough to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we could both wear neck collars as part of it. <laughs> that'll be our, our costume. <laughs> We could definitely both wear neck collars. Um, yeah, and the the winner of the review gets officially the last mug. The, uh, the this the, is the this really is the last one. Yeah, because I, I sent some mugs to our OG listeners. Oh, nice. Yeah, good. So um, who had also done reviews that I really appreciated. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's it. Lovely. What is happening in your life? I'm excited. Yeah, okay, so I have some stuff to talk about. So first of all, the first traumatic thing that happened this week is I found two gray hairs. Oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> where These where did you find first. them? These are my first, look. They're right here. I can't even see no, them. No, it's like right. Oh, I see one. Ah! I like kind of want to pull it out. Can I pull it out? I guess so. I don't know what they say of whether you should do that or not. I don't know no, if I should pull it. it out. I'll text my hairdresser. I see her next month and maybe she can just put you like- You can like barely see I know, them. but I don't like it. 
I think, you know, I think it was maybe like my last relationship. Probably stress. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's true. Yeah. Because like I didn't, I didn't, I've never had, this is my actual first two gray hairs I've ever had. Can I say, like, I, I, I'm tempted to make fun of you, but I really relate, like, when I was, and this is something true for a lot of men, when I was in my, like, maybe I was, like, 33, 34, and I started, like, losing my hair, like, just on the back of my head, you know, in that, like, typical male pattern baldness spot, like, it feels awful. Like, I'm, like, because I'm, like, I still think of myself as a kid and, like, not, like, how fast is this going to go? Like, what does this mean? And like, when you're still dating, you're like all hung up on that. So I, I feel that. I just think you are fine. You have <laughs> to, ju- to just now be getting two gray hairs. Like one of my gr- really close female friends was like mostly gray by like 35. Yeah. No, you actually know, like, my sister has a lot of gray hair. Mm-hmm. So I got really lucky because my dad was gray by like 35. Yeah. So I got really lucky. Um, my mom has thinned a little bit, so I might be veering towards that side. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. my hair is fairly, like it's it's um, it's medium coarse, but I have a lot of it. Yes. So I might get lucky, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm teasing. I mean, it's, it's like a little bit like, ah! Um, but yeah, I just actually just noticed it today. Yeah, I mean, I will say like, I, you know, our listeners know I'm like knocking on the door of 40, like two weeks away, or no, 11 days away. And I give you your birthday present and you hate it. <laughs> no, I actually, you know what's so funny is I'm taking a trip for my birthday, so I'll bring oh, it with yeah. us. Oh yeah, why don't you tell them what I got you? So uh, one of our sponsors, Tushy, makes a portable bidet, and it's actually a really good, well-made product. So it's, it's very like well-made. A silicone thing, and you fill it with water, and you it's got uh, like a custom designed like opening and you squeeze it and it squirts out so you can bring a bidet with you anywhere yeah. you want and it collapses down it's got a yeah, little carabiner that, hook i on think it. the only thing is you have to kind of sit a weird way to like hold your hand out there That's to like true. squirt it properly i could see it maybe working better in like a tent camping That's situation what I was thinking. if you're in like a squat yeah <laughs> no that's what i was envisioning i know i think it would work great then um Really quick on that though, when I purchased this, I tried using our link and it doesn't, it only works on the actual Tushy bidets. Oh, interesting. So it doesn't okay. work for any of the product On the like sort of accessory peripherals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, obviously support them because they're a small business and like they're awesome and I yep. love their branding. But if you actually want the discount, you have to get the the Tushy Bidet, mm-hmm. and that's um, www.tushy.com slash, no, I'm sorry, www.hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye. And that's when you, you know, get the 10% off. Yep. But, so you don't hate it? No, I don't hate it. It was so sweet of you. Thank you. Okay. You, well, let me tell them your reaction, though. Because, <laughs> you know, you're at, you hate gifts. You hate receiving gifts. Yep. I'm a zero and, on and I So I had no expectation. I was like, all right, I'm going to get this for him and we'll see. And then I, I brought it today because we use it in one of the photos. Yeah. That, by the way, my, my reaction was probably more about that because you told me both things at the same time. But go mm. ahead. Anyway, you were like, oh, that's so sweet of you. And then you were like, I don't know if I'm ever going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I guess that came out of my mouth like before I knew like, what I was literally, saying. Literally, I know. I know. It's fine. I'm not offended. I'm actually very like, um, I love giving gifts and I'm very yeah. 
like I'm very thoughtful, but I'm okay if they don't like it because I'm so picky. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's very, I have that same philosophy. My dad is like the biggest baby with kids. Like he's one of those ones, I think I've said this before, mm -hmm. where he gets mad if you take it back. And I'm like, that's just <laughs> shitty. That's dumb. Yeah, just, like yeah. come on, like whatever. Yeah. No, I like it. I think it's very sweet. Thank okay, you. well you're yeah. welcome. Um, but what were you gonna say before I cut you off? Oh, because you also, you gave it to me and you were like, oh, we're gonna use that in the photo shoot today where like I'm gonna, <laughs> use this portable day to we'll take photos of me squirting water at your butt and so and like i was immediately a little uncomfortable with that which by the way we tried to take some of those photos it didn't work we're not gonna use well, them i was like how do i do this how do i participate in this photo shoot without feeling like i'm being degraded and humiliated you were like just bend over and i'm gonna shoot this in, like like I'm, like I'm like I'm shooting it up your butt, and I'm like, I want to be a good sport here and be up for the fun oh, of the whole thing. Oh my goodness! Oh, that was great. Um, okay, so gray hairs. Yes. Because because you, you said that was the first traumatic thing. I hope it, are there other actual traumatic things. Um no, I mean I wouldn't say traumatic, but I want to talk about. I've I've been going back and forth about whether or not to bring this up on today so soon. Um, and I want to be respectful of my ex as well. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if he still listens. I would hope that he doesn't for his own heart. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you are listening, maybe don't listen to this. Yeah. And I want to say this too. So what I'm going to talk about, nothing happened that was, um, I wasn't molested, I wasn't raped, nothing like that mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. But I was put in a situation where I realized a couple days later how uncomfortable I felt. Mm. And I'm gonna talk a little in specific about what happened because I think that these things need to be said and need to be aware of. So if you think that's gonna be a trigger for you, I, yeah. would, I would move forward. Okay. Okay. So, um, I met a guy, mm -hmm. and I wanna be careful about specifics here, but um, we ran into each other, we had seen each other before, and I had always thought he was kind of charming and cute, mm -hmm. and he always tried to make conversation with me, and this was the first time we had run into him, I had run into him single. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's been about six weeks since the breakup. And I'm like, okay, well that, what's crazy too is the day that I ran into him was the day that I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to start thinking about dating again. Like mm. seeing people, mm -hmm. you know, I had a, a session with Dr. Morgan and it's like really important not to just like beat yourself up after every relationship. Like yeah, it, you sure. deserve to love and yep. like to be able to move on. Yep. And, so I ran into him and we were talking and I said, well, listen, like he's a musician. And I said, if you're ever open, like to come to my office, we can like jam, like, and mm -hmm. kind of become friends and have some wine. Like, I would love that. And I, I genuinely like, that's how I felt about it yeah. is I wanted to be very slow and cautious about this. I, I love like playing music with people and that's not really something that has been very present in my life. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was really mm -hmm. cool that like we had that in common. And so we got together a week ago and it was okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I felt attraction to him at some points and I didn't feel attraction to him at the other points. And I was still kind of just like gathering the data, but I also felt very like I wasn't moving on from my ex and I wanted, I felt like I missed my ex in the moment and I kept thinking about him and like we had kissed and I was, I felt like kind of like not shaky, but like, like, I don't know, am I ready for this? Like anxious about it? Sure, sure. And I even like pulled away from him at one point and I said, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I Mm -hmm. said like, I, I just got out of a relationship and I was like hoping that I was ready and I don't know if I am. And he was like, that's okay. And he was like super cool about it. So he left. It was, we only hung out for a couple hours. It was fine. And I just was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I had talked to you about yeah, you it. You were like ambivalent. You yeah. were like you were like, yeah, I don't know that like this is someone that I like really see myself with in a major way. Yeah. And you were like, but I'm also like down to hang out again and Yeah, like, totally. I you know? I wasn't like I wasn't it wasn't how I felt with Zach when I first met him. Where it was like gangbusters, like well, this is even, it. Even yeah. with Zach it wasn't really that, to yeah. be honest, but it was I felt safe with him. Mm-hmm. So with this guy I was a little bit more unsure and he he's not a good texter. Mm. He texts maybe once a day, only responds to if I text him. Yep. Which in the moment I appreciated that because I was having some feelings of like uh, I'm not ready. I want to run. Like, and so the fact that he was almost like giving me space without like intentionally giving me space was good. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember how it came out or came up. Oh, I remember. So I talked to you. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I just, I just, I don't think I want to, I don't want to do this again. Interesting. Okay. So I, texted him and I was very honest. And I said, listen, I just want you to know, like, I so appreciate you. I appreciate our time together. I'm honestly just so hung up on my ex. Yeah. I said, I'm like, I need time. And I just, I don't think that I'm ready for anything. Mm-hmm. And his response was so sincere and so sweet. And he was just like, hey, thanks so much for letting me know. Yeah. And like very understanding and he says he said well do you still want to hang out thursday night and i thought that i had in the text like kind of been like canceled that out. out yeah yeah but him saying that was like oh well he accepts me as like i am that yeah that like if i was you i would think oh so the hangout is like now it's just strictly platonic yes. friend like we're cool, like, just being friends, right? Right. Like, he kind of, the message has been sent and received that there's no romantic sexual right. thing moving forward here. Yeah. 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 So, I said, well, how do you feel about that, like, moving forward? Because there's obviously, like, attraction and, like, with everything I told you. And he was, he was just, like, honestly, like, it doesn't have anything to do with me that you still like your or have feelings for your ex and he's like i just know that i really enjoyed spending time with you and i want to see you again Hmm. and i just thought it was such a mature response Mm -hmm. that i was like 
okay. Like, I felt like there was no pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no pressure. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly where I was at. Mm-hmm. I'm not leading him on. Um, and so we hung out. So we got together Thursday night. And I was like, oh, damn, he's so cute. And there, you know, there's a little bit of that kind of like angsty musician yeah, attraction. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's very unique. Like, completely opposite of most guys that I've mm-hmm. dated. Very unique. And she's got like a vibe and a look and like totally yeah, yeah, very yeah. artsy, creative. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, we hung out, we talked, we had great conversation, and then of course we like made out. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So this is where I started to in like thinking about it after. So we've talked on this show a lot about making sure that your partner feels comfortable and kind of asking them along the way, hey, is this okay? Hey, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's done a lot because it can take people out of the moment. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that I would say a hundred percent should be off limits until you've had a conversation with the person. Yeah. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but kind of let me get through it first. Yeah. So, um, the makeout was really nice. There's a lot of physical connection. We connected very emotionally, um, almost like a spiritual connection a little bit. Mm. But there was a little aggressiveness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where I'm going to say exactly what. And so if you don't want to hear this, just kind of skip forward about 20 seconds or so. Um, he grabbed my hair and pulled my head back mm-hmm. and continued to keep it there to where I couldn't lift my head back. Mm. And... I was like, do I like this? Do I not like this? What's happening? Is he going to hurt me? And I just, I said, hey, hey, like my, and I like use my neck as an excuse because Mm -hmm. like, obviously that was a thing, but like, I was like, hey, like don't my neck. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. And then I was like, okay, maybe he's just trying, like he just saw that in porn or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then the other thing is he put his hand around my neck Mm-hmm. Very lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is he very aggressively continued to slap my ass mm. um, multiple times in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. Would I like those things in sexual situations with a partner where I felt loved and trust? Yes, mm-hmm. I would. I'm mm-hmm. kind of like... I like that a little bit. Yeah. But with someone who's saying, I want to fuck you, where you've met them two times mm. and is making me feel or in putting me in a position where I don't feel in control and I feel kind of powerless, mm-hmm. um, I don't think is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So do... I don't think he's a bad guy. Yep. I think he got caught up in the moment and maybe a past partner or past partners really enjoyed that. Yep. Um, 
But what it did for me is it made me feel like I was, okay, let me come back to that for a second. So I'm thinking, so he leaves and I'm like, oh shit, I kind of like him. And the next day I woke up and I just sent him a text. I said, hey, I woke up thinking about you today. And he goes, well, what were you thinking about? And again, like he never texts me just to text me. Like this yeah. was me reaching out. And I said, well, I was thinking about how attractive you are and our makeout session and how sweet you are. And the only response to that was, mm, yeah, thinking about, I would love to be making out with you right now. Mm. So there was no, like, yeah, I really, you know, you're really sweet too. Yeah. It was just right to the sexual yeah. part. Yeah. So then I started thinking, is that what this is to him? Is mm. that how he sees me? And I'm so sensitive to that because I've been so sexualized. And that was one thing that my ex did really, really, really well is I never felt sexualized by him. Mm. I've always felt like it was me first and my body second. Mm -hmm. And the only, the three relationships that I've been in where a man has said, I want to fuck you or blah, blah, blah. I've asked them to say that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and there may be some people listening and they're like, I really don't think this is that big of a deal. But I personally, like when it's kind of that type of sex play where the man is displaying power over a woman, I think a hundred percent consent needs to be asked for before that happens. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like consent needs to be asked for before a man puts his neck around a woman, tugs on her hair and holds her head back so she can't move. Mm -hmm. And maybe the ass thing, but I think because the other stuff had happened, it just seemed, it seemed like a power play. Yeah. And, and it just, I feel really uncomfortable now. And we were supposed to hang out tonight and I just texted him yesterday and I said, hey, like, um, I think I'm just going to stay at home tomorrow night. You know, let me know if you still want to take my yoga class or whatever. And he just hasn't even responded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm realizing, I'm realizing how quickly I almost got roped into the situation again of losing my power and letting this guy dictate my feelings and my life and me having to chase him a little bit because like not once has he asked me out on a date yeah it's always the two times we've hung out was in my office mm -hmm. and the third time we were supposed to hang out was in my office like so he's not he's not courting me there's no mm -hmm. courting involved and this is just, that's not what i want mm -hmm. that's not what i want yeah and and then to top it off this other stuff happened and it just I don't know. I, I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts with like me talking about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really, I, I, I think it's really interesting. I'm glad that you brought it up because I think a lot of people are in these situations, right? So number one, I like three things. Number one, I wonder if the message he somehow got from you saying, I'm still hung up on my ex, but let's hang out. And then when sort of making out happens, like, I wonder if he was perceiving that as, hey, I'm not interested in like dating towards a relationship because I'm still hung up on my ex, but I'm into the sort of no strings attached fun, mm. you know, 
Like, I don't know if there was a miscommunication sure. there. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and so, when you, when people are in that situation, I feel like, like, if both people think that that's the page that they're on, then, like, it can be a little more, like, sex forward, right? Mm-hmm. So, the second thing I think that is true, right, is that there are many people whose sort of sexual proclivities and, and preferences and enjoyment is around, like, BDSM and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so yeah, clearly, like, the things he was doing are sort of, like, dom moves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and there's no... I, I don't think there should be any judgment in whatever someone's sort of kinks are or whatever. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of, like, ethics around how to do that well, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and there's, like, whole dating sites, right? There's, like, Fat Life and Adult Friend Finder and stuff like that that are really more geared towards, like, there's people who meet each other, you know, men and women, gay and straight, who are, like, this is what I'm into. I'm looking for a partner who's into the same. And then maybe the companionship stuff will come along with that. Great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, And so, and this is actually one of the reasons why I would love for us to get someone on the kink commu- from the kink community on the show because like a lot of things like, there are those sort of strict kind of rules and ethics that like you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really important. And it doesn't sound like like so to me when i'm with someone and i like might do something like a little sort of hair pulling or like um you know something like that like i think it's really important like i always like sort of like do it sort of gently at first and then like read their reaction and like you know may you know i might even say like like did you like that you know or whatever so the third thing I want to say, though, is that there is a lot of stuff. So, like, I think because that's more in the zeitgeist now, like, I think of, like, Fifty Shades of Grey and, like, mm-hmm. all these things. Like, there's stuff that you see, like, on Instagram and in social media where, like, younger women are saying things like, Oh, like, I hate it when guys are, you know, like this idea of like sort of being beta or like whatever. Like there's, there's messages that like, I think being, that are being sent and received in the culture, like to young men of like, if you're not doing that stuff, like you're not manly, like women Mm. are going to wonder like why you're being so like wimpy and like beta and passive. Like when like, you know, like, um, you know, and, and in, in, conversations that I've been in with college men around masculinity like this comes up Mm. you know this idea of like um that you should be like sort of like that you know oh yeah like yeah all girls want a guy who's just like dumb and like in control and like whatever and so and I think that message is toxic Mm -hmm. because of the experience that you had Mm -hmm. you know um but I think why some people sort of do that without asking first is because they see these messages that are like, oh, yeah, like, this is what women want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, then they're going to, like, think that you're, like, not manly enough or something. I don't know. I don't know. So I think it's like there's just a lot of complicated stuff around, mm-hmm. it, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, I guess I'm kind of sick of hearing the argument about, like, how men... Like, well... Like, actually, he told me, and I've had other men tell me, like, that they had been shamed by a woman because they didn't make the first move and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, sh- and like screw those women who are shaming them. Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't happen. But to me, like, that is, like, that's an ego. That's an embarrassment thing. It's hard to deal with. But, like, that compared to a woman or... Uh, someone in the queer world or even men, you know, this can happen to men too, of feeling like they're powerless mm-hmm. is is very different. You know? Yeah, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not sort of comparing. No, I know. Sure. And, and yeah. I, I was going to bring that up anyway, yeah. you know, but uh, I don't know. Like, I guess my question is like, do you think that he should have asked before each of those things. And like how to kind of navigate, because what I did is like, you know, with the hair pulling, I just said, hey, hey, you know, my neck. And then. Yes, so do I, do I, so my, my thing, right? So Erica, who, who we've had on the show, like her thing that she says all the time when she's doing like healthy sex, like and sexuality education stuff, it's like she's like I believe that every every time you have sex, like it should be the best sex sex of your life, right? And mm-hmm. like, and I sort of always say something similar, which is like, I think everybody, every partner they have, should be like thoughtful and caring and considerate and like communicative and aware of the sort of in the moment feedback they're getting, right? Like. Um, you know, because consent is like a living thing, right? Like, that's why I hate these things where they're like, well, you know, like this, somebody made like a condom that has like a contract on it that like both people sign. Oh, yeah, that's so dumb. And I'm like, that's such a misunderstanding of yeah. consent. It's like, well, you signed the paper, you can't back out now. It's like, right. no, no, no. Like, at any time, someone can be like, stop, this is uncomfortable for me, right? And so, so yes, to answer your question, yeah, I want everyone to be with. I want every person on earth, anytime they have sex, to have partners who are thoughtful and considerate and, like, ask first. And I also think for, like, if any, like, younger dudes out there are listening, like, because there's also this stigma that, like, sort of asking for consent, like, puts you in that, like, sort of beta, like, cuck Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like, there's a way to, like, ask, like, do you like that that is still very, like manly and in the moment and not like oh uh is this okay you know like it can be sort of fun and sexy so yes i believe everyone should be doing that i believe the i believe that the onus is on the person initiating always number one and the onus i think is even more so if you're going to do something that involves any kind of restraint or any kind of um, uh, any kind of physical contact that's a little more like rough or a little more aggressive because you don't know what someone's history is. Mm-hmm. Um, Can yeah. I say something? Please. Okay. Um, when you were saying about you know ask in the moment, I would say even ask before the moment because there's so many times where I've been in the moment and they're like, oh, do you like that? And you don't want to say no. 
you know, because it like ruins the moment or you're like, you don't know how to, it's like, and what I would say is something that you could say instead is like, well, let's try it this way or, or let's mix it up or blah, 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 and then talk about it later. But I mm. would even say before you have sex with someone, sit down and be like, hey, what is it? What are some boundaries that you have? What are things that you... Yeah, I think every person should do that every time. Yes. And not just like, oh, if you're doing something quote unquote kinky. You know, because right. the thing is, the thing that is so hard about this area of our lives is everybody's vulnerable physically and emotionally, mm -hmm. right? And people respond to that vulnerability in different ways. And, and people kind of come in going like, with all these preconceived notions that they've learned from previous partners or they've learned from porn or they've learned from Instagram or shit that's on TV or TikTok or YouTubers or whatever. And they're just like trying to do what they think that they're supposed to do. You mm -hmm. know, I don't know. Yeah, so I guess like, and I want to make it clear, we did not have sex. Um, and I felt like I set that boundary pretty well for myself in mm -hmm. saying, okay, you know, I'm ready to go home. And, and again, like he, outside of those moments, he's very nurturing, very sweet, you know, opens a door, walks me to my car. So again, I don't think there was any in like mal, intention what is that yeah. word yeah malintention yeah um and you know i can't decide how to move forward I, you know it, i'm pissed that he hasn't texted me back because mm -hmm. it's like not that fucking hard to pick up your phone and be like hey no worries like is there another night or i don't know just like are you okay you know just something yeah um but i don't know like should i do I hang out with him again and just let him know what made me feel uncomfortable and see how, what his reaction to that is? Or do I just kind of call it and, you know, I don't That's know. A tough one. I don't know either because, so on one hand, it's like, he's showing you what he's interested in, in and what he's into, right? So he's, he's, showing what, he's showing you what he's into sexually. He's also showing you what he's interested in, in terms of like, how he's responding to you in terms of right. texting and stuff, right? Right, so, so he's that kind of would like, need to be a conversation too. I'm more just into, let's hang out and have fun. Yes. You know, right? Like, yeah. And, and I'm that not, is and not... I'm, and I'm not looking for someone to be talking about my day with, you know, all through the week, or like, how are you? What's happening? Like, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Like, so he's, he's showing you that, and... And that is not... I, you know, for a moment I was like, oh, it's kind of nice actually not to like have to talk every day and like, but then I realized like that is not what I want. Like I'm 34, I need to, I need to keep on the path of what I really want in my life. And I keep, if I keep investing in people that aren't what I want and not align with the affirmations that I'm saying every morning and, and kind of like my goals, then I'm stunting my growth. Mm -hmm. And I'm not allowing the opportunity for the right person to come in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like you just answered your own question. Well, but the, okay, but, so, but, but the, then the only question thing is, is like, why do you want to? Well, the only thing is, I don't know if that is his intention, right? Like, there may be some miscommunication of me saying, "Hey, I'm not ready for anything, but let's mm -hmm. hang out in my office." Do you, Do you see what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I, I see what you mean. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Moving forward. I would say that I'd be open to sitting down and having a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. See what how he feels about it. 
And if we walk away on the same page and we just take things super slow, but there is some courting and romance involved and he respects my boundaries, then I think I would maybe be open to it. Mm -hmm. If we're on completely different pages, then that's a closed door for me. Yeah. So I guess stay tuned. Yeah. You guys and, want I mean, and, and, and I think it's up to you. Like the question is, do you feel like you have enough data now or do you want to have the conversation? Because I think the hard part with having the conversation is like, is he going to say what he thinks you want to hear because he's still trying to get with you? You know what I'm saying? See, that is what I don't know. And and what's confusing to me is that the texts that I have sent that maybe are a little bit more anxious or me trying to run away or whatever, and then having conversations in person, he's been so... Um, emotionally available and like hears me and like is supportive mm -hmm. and secure. Mm -hmm. And again, I, you're right. I don't know if that's a front, if he is waiting because he does want to have sex. Yeah. And so I guess my, my game quote unquote would be to elongate sex as long as possible and see what he does with it. Mm. You know, like not to just jump in. Um, but I don't even know that, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird situation. Yeah, I think I think like say like your needs and what you're interested in, and say if this aligns with you, great. And if we're into interested in different things, then yeah, good I luck think to so you, because you know? I think if I well, one, I don't even know if I'll ever hear from him again, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, like he hasn't texted me in over like 24 hours mm -hmm. or responded to my text. Yeah, um, so I may not hear from him again, and that may be my answer. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is I'm going into surgery. I'm not going to be able to see anybody. Yeah, that's true. Or do anything. So yeah. it's just, you know. You might just, just see how it plays out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well. Okay. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm nervous. I feel like I want to make some. Well, do you have any advice for me? Because you've done this a couple of times now. <sighs> um, it's okay to not say some things. Okay. You don't have to just spill your heart out. Sure. And talk about everything you went through. Just uh -huh. say what you would feel most comfortable with um, and just be you. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. So I'm nervous about a couple things. One, I'm nervous that like, um, I don't know, that uh, people are going to think I'm like doing this like, oh, like poor me sort of thing. Like, or that I'm like, like, my life has been pretty lucky. You know, like, I'm like... Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm nervous about that. The thing I'm really nervous about that I sort of want to make a disclaimer about is that um, if I talk about my past and things from, like, my family growing up, like, I, I don't want people to hear that as, like, complaining or blame for the record. Like, I have amazing relationships with, like both of my parents and my sister and they're wonderful human beings and we've all grown and changed a lot and all of this stuff and like also like I'm I'm nervous that like someone's going to hear this and like if if someone's listening to this and like knows my family or like don't like I don't know like they're going to go tell them and then someone's going to be like oh that's not true I don't know I don't know I'm really nervous yeah. about all of that. I mean I think that's always a risk that we take yeah you know I mean I said some things about my family and and then about past guys and you know did like did you get any uh uh 
Like, because your sister listened, I'm sure, did she? Yeah, I mean, I didn't say anything that she didn't already know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're going to be great, Fred. Thanks. Okay. So how are you feeling about Jared today? <laughs> so J- Jared sent me some uh, questions to ask him, and that was his first question. I, that's so funny, because you asked it yourself. I And know. I was like, wow, she asked that so naturally. <laughs> it's because you hadn't looked. Okay. Okay. So um, I guess just maybe give us a brief, like, life view or a brief view of your life growing up. Yeah. So, and this is the part I'm most nervous about. So I grew up in a house where there was a lot of fighting and yelling. Um, I grew up in a house where there was violence. That's a scary word to say. But yeah, that's true um and i'm not gonna like define it any more than that mm-hmm. um and uh i'm the youngest one so it's my my dad my mom i have one sister who's one year older than me and uh i was like i was always you know being the youngest and the littlest and i was always like the sensitive one um well you're a pisces yeah right <laughs> and um so I think what really shaped me in that experience is like I learned very early to sense the emotions of people around me and uh, like to be always monitoring that mm. to prevent like things from exploding mm. And, and to be always monitoring that and figuring out, like, how do I need to be? like And, I, and so I start, you know, like, like just like, oh, like, let me be, like, goofy and try to make everyone laugh or, like... And it's also, like, how to um, fly under the radar, mm. you know? I actually had a beautiful conversation with my sister recently where I shared with her, I said, I had a lot of resentment towards you for a long time. My sister and I used to fight like crazy because that's what we saw, right? Like, and I said to my sister recently, I had a lot of resentment towards you for a long time because her way of surviving was the opposite of mine. She would make herself a lightning round. So she's just like my dad. They're both stubborn. And, and she would just go at him, go at my mom, and like just every, you know... And I used to be so angry with her because I would be like, why can't you fucking fly under the radar like me? Like, why do you have to provoke? Why can't you keep the peace? Yes, right? Like, that was my whole thing. Well, and you're you're also, uh, didn't you have Peacemaker on your Enneagram results? Yes. Number nine? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense. And like, um, yeah, but but I, but, I, but I said to my sister, I was like, I, I you know, I, I've learned now that that was your way of surviving too you know like that was her way to be like mm, right oh yeah well like fuck you right like she's gonna you know? fight for herself yeah 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 and my yeah and like i understand that yeah and i think the other thing that is true about this is like a lot of <laughs> yeah i know that you understand <laughs> that you i think part of how we get along the way we do yeah, is very much like my sister <laughs> you guys would get along um but i think part of that is also like there's there's shame with that mm. um like I have, and this is the other thing I said to my sister recently, I'm like, do you remember like 
when our family would get like thrown out of restaurants because my dad would like lose it and start like yelling at like the waitress or something like oh, that and wow. then like the manager would come over and then my dad's like screaming at this person and wow. stuff. And they were like you need to leave like i have like multiple memories of that and like quick diversion um my dad is an amazing like wonderful man today and my dad had a horrific childhood growing up his real father committed suicide when my dad was three and then he had a series of stepfathers who liked to beat the shit out of him Mm. uh some of whom also i believe committed suicide and um like left home like one of his stepfathers like had him thrown in jail at like 16 or something like that and my and his aunt and uncle like bailed him out and Mm. like like left home and like so um He's never told me any of these things, by the way. This is all, like, my cousins and aunt and uncle on that side who have, like, shared. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it helps. It helps, like, okay. Go ahead. Like, it's not an excuse for someone's behavior. Yes. But it helps understand and gives us empathy. Yes. That they're not, you know horrible people and they're doing the best they can yeah however we still have the responsibility to ourselves to set boundaries yes yeah yeah like hurt people hurt people for sure and like when you see behavior that's so outwardly harmful it's like the inward experience of that person is probably way more you know it's probably like as horrible feeling to that you know like Mm -hmm. anyway yeah um, you know what is so funny? What? Oh my gosh. I just made this correlation. So, you know, when in my story part one, I talked about how my dad also has a an anger temper issue or yeah. whatever. And my sister is a peacemaker. Mm. And I was the one. You're the one. That yeah, talked yeah. back. You're like my sister. <laughs> <laughs> You're like my sister. That's great. That's so Okay, great. all right, sorry, keep going. No, that's it. I mean, yeah, so I think that was... So, like, your role was, like, you wanted to, like, at all costs, make sure everyone was fine, which is very... That's a, that codependent, yes. like, thing of, like, you're, you're more aware of other people's feelings than you are of yours. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think... And being a, a boy who's sensitive and emotional... That's its own, like, sort of oh, shame yeah. Oh, yeah, bag, sure. you know? Like, yeah. um, I have, like, th- a big breakthrough that I had in therapy involved, like, remembering three ver- three times when I was, like, probably between, like, eight and ten where I was in situations, like, like sort of publicly. Like, one, like, going to, like, a haunted house at, like, some kid's birthday party, like, at, like, nine years old or whatever. Like, times where I completely like lost control like crying mm. like just totally like overwhelmed trauma you know and then like the shame of that mm. afterwards right like like people making fun of you kind of a thing yeah and like just and just how you know because like right like the the research i've heard is like st- from up until age four boys cry exactly as much as little girls and like starting then and even earlier than then it's like oh you're okay buddy like tough it up like don't worry you know like and like girls don't get that same response they're like oh what's wrong like mm-hmm. oh are you sad you know mm-hmm. like and so um and especially when i grew up like it was so much more like that of just like walk it off like you're supposed to you know and like 
having the dad I had, you know, like, and you know, like you don't want to be a mama's boy. Like it's all that kind of shit. Um, yeah. And so I, I always, I always had to figure out, I think how to like sort of hide and numb the feelings that were like overwhelming to me, Mm. you know? And so like when we think about, you know, like my subtype of being avoidant is fearful avoidant. Right. And like, that's, I have to like stand two steps back mm-hmm. because it's like too overwhelming or I mean, and I'm afraid it'll be too much for people or, or they'll look down on me. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like ashamed. I'll be like, Oh, like pull yourself together. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and it also makes sense to why in relationships you tend to be a little bit more codependent because you want to make sure they're okay so that you're okay. But then what happens ends up happening is you forget about your needs and then they don't even know what your needs are and then all of a sudden you feel the burden of you're just taking care of them yeah i'm so like resentful or overwhelmed or just detached yep a hundred percent yeah yeah so yeah that's and that's okay yeah oh thanks friend yeah yeah okay so tell us like how you were in high school oh okay oh wait wait so one other thing on there is um so Another thing, just, like, I had a really bad stutter. Oh, yeah, you've talked about that. Yeah. Wait, so, how late did that go till? I was in speech therapy until eighth grade. What? Yeah. Like, so when I was really little, like, my mom tells a story of, like, it was, like, a big thunderstorm outside. And I was, like, like, and I couldn't, you know, and, mm. like... And my dad got all freaked out, like, oh, like, he can't talk, like, what, mm. you know, like, and the weird thing is they don't really understand stutters, like, it's not like if you have a lisp or, like, that it's something, like, with your your tongue and your mouth isn't forming the right sounds, mm-hmm. it's in your brain. When you have a stutter, I can start a sentence and know, like, three words ahead of time, like, the word that I'm not going to be able to get out. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's, like, it's got to be, like, an anxiety thing. Or, you know, and like, I think, I think that's where, I think I have a lot of like control anxiety stuff and like, um, and the way you, you, a lot of the speech therapy for stuttering is like taking a deep breath. Like when you hit the block, the fluency block, like don't just like push, you know, cause that's where you're like, you know, like repeating the same, you know, like take a deep breath, like breathe as you say the consonant sound and all sorts of stuff so um that was a big one and then like you know even being a little boy like playing sports and like being like probably like a lot of times like the littlest one there and like um see yeah okay i need to talk about all these insecurities that you have first okay (laughs) so no like i don't feel that now but i think that's like okay okay but it does still come up because you've criticized yourself on the podcast that you have a hard time listening back because you feel like you're too slow to say things. It takes, yeah. You've said it takes you forever to say things yeah. or whatever. So like knowing like where you were and what you've been through, like you're doing like amazing. Like you're on yeah. a podcast, you're talking all the time, you teach a class, like, you know, if you hadn't overcome that, you wouldn't be able to do all those things. Yes, and actually, you know what's awesome? My friend Melissa said to me like years ago, like, um, she's like, oh, I hope you get to the point where, because I was like, when she and I were talking, I was at the point where I was like acknowledging these things and like sort of working through them. 
And she was like, well, I hope one day you get to the point where you are not saying like, oh, these are the things that happened to me, but like these are the things that like shaped me into the person yes, I am today. Yes, 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 yes. And I feel like I'm there today. Like I feel so deeply grateful for even this sort of painful stuff that I'm talking about because so the fact that I'm, I was a peacemaker in my family, like a big part of my job is like stepping into very tense situations of conflict and high emotion and and helping people move through them in a healthy way mm-hmm. like and and I'm able to do that without being reactive without like you know like so when like I'm talking to parents or students and they're like they can like come at me like crazy and I can like stay in my compassion and in my professionalism and in all these things right and like so that's a huge gift if I didn't have a stutter like I wouldn't care about words like I do Mm -hmm. and like really like communicating Mm -hmm. is so important to me because of that and because to hide my stutter I had to find all these ways to like oh I know I'm gonna stutter on this word can I like take a half second and like rephrase my sentence and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so I feel like yeah all of these things are good okay and then one more thing yeah is you've mentioned a few times that that you're a little self-conscious about how skinny you are yeah not anymore Oh really? <laughs> well, like, cause now I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's now that I get older and my metabolism's slower. Now, oh now I get gosh. self-conscious about being Stop heavy. Stop it! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, but I meant more of like your frame, like yes. you're tall. Yes. And um, I just want to say this. So I have not once looked at you ever in my life and been like. You know, he's just a little skinny for a man. By the time we met, like a lot of that was like intentional. You know, like, like to like by like lifting and doing stuff to like no, but maintain I mean, my but, fitness. But I mean, stuff. even even like, I don't know. Are you still doing that stuff right now? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I'm not doing a lot of strength training right Wait, now. So what what is yeah. the like? I guess okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't think I would hope so. And, and this kind of goes along with the conversation earlier, of like women. We need to stop shaming men for like being quote unquote beta yeah. in the bedroom. Like yep. if they don't feel comfortable putting their hand around your neck, like that's fine. Yeah. You know, like be grateful that you're with someone that like, I don't know, like <laughs> loves you and you trust and you feel safe yeah. with. You yeah. know, I'm not saying that you can do that stuff and not feel safe. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. I, and, and I was like, go, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. And then the other thing is like, there's so many different body types mm-hmm. and women don't want to be body shamed. So we don't need to body shame men. Yes. Like I've, I've actually always been attracted to quote unquote skinnier guys. Yeah. Because I don't want to be with someone that's at the gym four hours a day and looks ripped out of their mind because to be honest, I feel like they're kind of assholes. Yeah. And they're a little narcissistic and... I think there's something about, and I think you would say this too about women. If you feel confident in your skin and you're owning your body, it doesn't matter. Yes, 100%. You know? Yeah. And I mean, and I think like I, right, I never was really bullied badly because I I had the skill set to fly under the radar, right? And like right. deflect or be funny. And actually like something that I, I you know, I, we had this group of kids that like ran around our neighborhood who were all around the same age and like. But there was definitely like a hierarchy and I was like on the lower end and like, you know, like I, something I like regret is like 
anything to keep the attention off me. So like picking on the people like lower than me oh, to get the yeah. attention. There, I did that too. Kind of thing. I know. Yeah. But um, oh, what did you just say that made me think of something? Um, well, I, and so I, I think similar to the way all women compare themselves against yes, unrealistic standards totally. of beauty. Yes. Like I think that exists for a lot of men. And it Definitely. like more so now than it did 30 years ago. But like, you know, you see like, you know, all the, all the movies I watched growing up were like Rocky and Rambo and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like, that's what you're supposed to look like. Like these hugely jacked, like unrealistic depictions or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, and being a smaller little boy, like again, never bullied, not saying that, but like, you know, I mean, like, I've gotten, like, thrown down. You know, like, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kids picking on you, like, because you're smaller. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, in high school then... But it's it's so interesting because, like, it's kind of like our... Oh, and... Mm, okay, one, one other quick diversion. Because you talked about, like, the sort of masculinity piece of this. Like, now where I am, I know that, like, healthy masculinity like to be strong and to be a man like means to be okay being vulnerable Mm. (laughs) you know and to and to not like right so guys who act tough Mm -hmm. they're like the most afraid of anyone Mm -hmm. right like they're like sort of pushing away they're Mm -hmm. so scared of looking bored they're like i'll kick everyone's ass like Mm -hmm. you know and (laughs) and like so real strength is like to be vulnerable to own your emotions like do all that stuff and Absolutely. I, I know that, but like there's still yeah. all this no, shit. No, I mean, it, there, and right? like I know that, you know, certain things about myself that I'm, I'm insecure about. Yeah. And I know that it's okay and I shouldn't be insecure about it, but yes. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so high school. Um, How were your grades? I always did good in school. Did you? Yeah, that was part of flying under the radar. Like, So my parents used to fight about starting in sixth grade, my sister started like not doing well in school. And mm. I think because of everything that was happening at home, you know? And like, I think she just got to be like, fuck you to like mm. her teachers and like, and it just started like a, a bad slide for her. And like, yeah, so I, I did good. I, and it wasn't that hard for me, like whatever. Um, and interestingly, so like things started getting worse, right? And my parents got divorced when I was 14. So like beginning of sophomore year in high school. And like leading up to that, like things were really bad. Like my parents went to couples counseling for a while. And like my sister and I went. And at one point, like it was like, dad's gonna parent Jared and mom's gonna parent my sister because they always fought over mm. making the parenting decisions mm. with my sister. Oh, okay, I see. And then I was like, how did I get the shit deal here? Like. <laughs> Because <laughs> my mom was, like, way, like, the nicer, more, like, permissive one. Um, but I think, so something that happened to me, I was really lucky that when my parents got, and, like, we, my mom was very careful and very thoughtful and so she, so she and my dad like owned a company together and she like sort of job searched in secret and like did some things like things that were very precious to her that she had like gotten inherited from her family. Like she like secretly like moved out of the house like into mm. a storage place, you know, and was like, oh yeah, the clock, you know, I sent that in to get repaired or something mm. like that, right? And so 
she and we had a temporary place to live at the church where we went like there was this house that the church owned that we got to stay at for a while and um so like one day my mom was like picked me up from swim practice and was like hey i like told your dad that we're leaving and it's like not a good scene at home Mm. and i was like okay (laughs) and i and what what grade or how old were you 14 okay so you were in eighth grade no i was 10th grade so sophomore year no you can't be 14 in 10th grade i was 16 in 10th grade really yeah 15 then i guess i was maybe 15 yeah yeah and um yeah and you know, like i walked in and just my dad was like did you know about this like blah, blah, and i just sort of like walked walked mm. through the living room up the stairs into my room so you were aware of what was happening yeah there was a whole thing like leading up to it where like my dad cornered me at one point in the hallway alone and he was like you know like if we get a divorce like that would be really bad like he was kind of like you know i need you to like tell your mom to like Ugh. and then my mom sort of did the whole thing where she was like hey your sister and i are leaving do, do you want to come? Go? Do you want to come with us or stay here? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh my god! You know, like it's like, so. Um, but I was really lucky that I had two teachers who I was close enough with in high school because I had them both ninth grade year and tenth grade year. Um, who called home and said like, "What's wrong?" Mm. You know, they were like, "Something. What's going on at home?" Like something. Like, something's not okay with Jared and so my mom made me go to therapy and that was my first time being in therapy yeah um my sister didn't have to go I I mean she like wouldn't have gone anyway um so and and I think that was like the, the whole world is upside down you know like I I have this memory of like the first night we moved to this house and we're like the church like took donations all year long for this big like fair and rummage sale that happened like in May and stuff like that. And so people would donate their like old furniture and whatever. And so like we went and like got mattresses to like stay on and like had to like go buy dishes somewhere at mm. like Walmart or something. And like, um, and there were these like this young couple that like helped out with the youth group at church, which I had become a part of at that time. And like, and so they came to like help or something like that. And the guy at one point like pulls me aside and was like, "Hey, you know, just you know, like you're the man of the house now, like blah blah." And I'm like, "What the fuck, Ew! dude?" I don't, like, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't know you." Like, I was just like so. I didn't know what was going on. I felt Why like I was on another planet. Why does the church planet. do shit like that? <laughs> oh. I mean, he's such a sweet man. His heart was so in the right place. I know. I you know, know, like he was just trying to like help and like. I know. And I, I think he said, you know, like if you ever need any, you know, like I think he was like lovely, but it well, just. Well, maybe he meant it more like you're special. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. When you're so oh. overwhelmed, yeah, it's yeah. like not his fault, but like yeah. I was just so. Yeah. And um. He was trying to make you feel better, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think, like, that was the start for me where I look at... So I started getting involved in the church and the youth group in ninth grade. And I feel so lucky. And this is part of why I get so angry at shitty Christians. Because I was part of 
these like service trips and and these like weekend retreats that were like run by teenagers for teenagers that were like everything that it should be like they were like accepting and like anybody you know from like really poor kids to like super rich kids to like the captain of the football team is like hanging out with the gay kid and like they're Mm. like singing songs together Mm. like that's what it should you know like you could step into a space where all the bullshit and hierarchy and like who's cool and who's not Mm -hmm. like none of it mattered and and it was about like sort of like Mm. living that out you know and showing like love to other people like um but I think about who I, when I was the freshman, like all the older cool kids were like, oh my gosh, like you're so funny. And like, I was always like being silly and like clowning for people. And like, they're like, you're so happy and you like brighten everyone's day and like blah, blah, blah. Hence my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shadow side of that, your birthday party. Well, no, but actually, and this, so this is where, this is where I'm going is that, and then I look at a couple years later and I was so like full of anger, mm. you know, and I, and those same older kids that I like were like, hey, like you should come to like parties with us, you know. And so starting at 14, 15 years old, we're like, I started getting drunk, like at parties on the weekends. Mm. And I think like that's the younger you are when alcohol enters your life, the more likely you are to struggle with it. And like alcohol entering my life at that time that was already so sort of overwhelming for me, I think is part of why it's always been something that I've had to worry about and struggle mm-hmm. with and, and has at times been really unhealthy for mm-hmm. me. Um, and so, yeah, and so I was just like angsty and angry and it came out like I have a lot of regret for like how I treat you know just being because I was I was smart enough and good enough with words at this point to be really like biting and sarcastic and like you know um yeah and so and I and like so and weirdly like my first experiences around like dating and romance are like around the same time right so I don't like the, I was just telling the person I'm dating now this the other day is I was like I had like a couple stories came up and I was like weirdly like the first couple instances it was like somebody tells you like oh this girl likes you this Mm -hmm. girl has a crush on you and it was like this girl is like in my friend group and I'm like oh okay I guess I'm just supposed to supposed to do this now like it just kind of like I'm like oh she's pretty like I don't I don't know how any of this works I guess like whatever but I didn't really you know and I and the whole time I'm in this I'm like okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm like, oh, I think this is the part, like, am I, I think I'm supposed to kiss her now? Like, I, <laughs> is, is it going to be weird to her if I don't? Like, blah, 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 you know? And so, but it was like this whole dichotomy because at the same time, like, then I'm also like getting drunk at parties and like making mm-hmm. out with girls, like shit face, like mm-hmm. whatever, like, you know, who are older oh, than me or really? whatever. Yeah, yeah, for Oh, sure. interesting. Yeah. So it's like, so when you were drunk, you had no issues. And then like in this kind of like more cutesy nice and you were like well there's there's time gap right so the one i was talking so the that that story of like i don't know what i'm doing i guess i'm just gonna go along with that that was more like eighth grade and then by the time i'm like a little bit older oh okay so it but it wasn't like a quick transition (laughs) no but actually what was great is like the first my first like serious girlfriend was like 
not a virgin and was like more experienced than me and it was wonderful because she like sort of taught me everything mm. <laughs> she was like this is how this works you know so okay so that was gonna be my next question yeah. is when did you lose your virginity i didn't lose my virginity till i was 20. okay so the your first serious girlfriend was that when you were 20 or did you have no. a serious girlfriend in high school like 16 yeah okay so she was the one that kind of like taught you stuff yeah and she so was like, like what kind of stuff did you guys do she was like like everything but like intercourse basically okay yeah because and she was like anytime you want to have sex just like let me know and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that. Yeah. But, and she was like, okay, you should keep a condom with you all the time, just in case. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's a great advice. Yeah, and I did. Absolutely. I was like that that classic like yeah. nerdy high school kid with the condom in his wallet for like five years. Oh my gosh, you know? I love. Well, hopefully yeah. you changed the condom out. I didn't. I mean, I never used that actual. Oh, condom. okay. Because <laughs> yeah. someone I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So, you graduated high school. Do you, is there anything yeah. else you want to say about high school? So, I the the first time I fell in love when I was seventeen, I think, is an important. Story oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about this before. Yeah. So, okay. So you're you're sixteen with your first serious girlfriend. She's the one that taught you all this stuff. Yeah. And then seventeen, you meet. This is like a year and a, a year and change later because so where I'm from. All of the seniors who graduate high school go on like what they call senior week where they it's fucking crazy i don't think it happens anymore they used to just go and get beach houses like just a group of 18 year olds like at uh, in ocean city new jersey like for a week and like just drinking and partying like unsupervised for like a whole week it was fucking nuts. it sounds amazing it's wonderful <laughs> so a bunch of my friends not that, promoting uh drinking underage yeah no yeah bunch of my friends who are a year older than me graduate and so it's like the end of my summer of my junior year you know they just graduated and they're like hey one of the guys backed out of our senior week house like do you want to go and i was like yes i do and then i and when you have divorced parents you can kind of like Get you know away with it yeah my my dad you know because my dad and i didn't have any contact for a couple of years, mm. I think. And so, but maybe by this time, yeah, by the end of my junior, we had gotten back in in contact. So I guess it was like a year or a, or a little bit more that we didn't really talk to each other, and that was its own traumatic thing, actually. Um, that was actually maybe the worst part, mm. <laughs> um, because he, my dad, went from being this like scary guy to this like it, he was he was broken right mm. and i think it's like a i think it's actually a gift that allows him to be like a really good loving father and grandfather today you know that but he was decimated and so going from this person who was scary who i never really like connected to or like got like love from to this incredibly like needy person and if i didn't meet his needs in the way that he wanted me to he would like lash out you know oh that's so interesting though because that makes sense of where the fearful avoidant yes. came in yes like i would i would like you I went would, from almost an anxious yeah like keeping the peace to like then someone's like requiring you to be responsible for their feelings yeah like the i oh god hey everyone so uh i'm sure i sound different right now because leanna and i are recording a little cut in here later 
Um, when we listened back, I, I went into some detail here that is not really my story to tell. And so we wanted to just give everyone the, the gist of it without sort of going into detail. Um, so what you need to know is at this point, I just share some experiences where um, uh, I was reconnecting with my dad and, and hearing a lot about um, all the difficulty he went through in a way that I took on a lot of that sort of guilt and burden and sort of like blamed myself. Um, even though that's not what he was putting on me, that's what I took on. So um, that's what you need to know. And so now back into the story. And I just like ate all of that guilt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you felt like it was on you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then the pattern was like, I would go and see my dad and like, we would like, you know, he was like, I want you to be a part of my life. Like, and it was like emotion and you know, he's crying, talking about what he's gone through and I'm crying and I'm like totally overwhelmed. And then like, he would like, like, let's go, you know, we like bought like a bed for me to like sleep in the other room in this like little condo he was renting or whatever. And then I like go back to my real life on Sunday. I have to go and I'm like living with my mom, my sister, I have to go to school. And I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Like you're just overwhelmed. And so mm. I just avoid. Mm-hmm. And you didn't I, have time to process anything. No. And if I, and no one to process it with. Right. And, and I knew like going into like, it's like Thursday and I'm like, had plans with my friends that weekend. And I'm like, I'm not going to go see my dad this weekend. If I don't call him or go see him, like he's going to be pissed. And like then that would happen. So then like a week and a half later, I like call him and he's like, where the fuck have you been? We went out and got this bed and blah, 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 blah. Like, and it's like. Oh, Jared. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. It's and I know, like, I know, like, you know, like, I know it's important to be like, your father is not a horrible man. Yes. He was grieving. Yes. In a tremendous in amount a of pain. Very, he was in yeah. his own trauma. Yep. yep. And um, unfortunately, you were the, the yeah. one. And it's so funny. I still, I still have some resentment towards my sister because, like, she reconnected with my dad and it was just, like, easy. Oh. She was like, okay, I'm, like, ready to be in your life again. He was like, great. And I'm like, do it's you like know? It's like you paved the way. Yeah, do you, I was, like, the first guy crossing the front lines. Like, how many bullets mm -hmm. I took? Like, <laughs> you know? Um, but have you talked with your dad about this? Not really. He's, he's still not at a place where he can like, he could open even, up emotionally. Yeah. He doesn't have the space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm really grateful for like, I took him on a trip to Portugal, which is yeah. where he's from. And he, you know, when I was in my like mid thirties and he'd never been there and like, and his, his health was failing at that point. My dad's. 81 years old mm -hmm. today mm -hmm. um, and you know I, I, I feel like some peace there mm. you know and like I have good boundaries with my dad and like we talk every Sunday and like and like I learned later in life to like not let his bullshit like get to me you know yeah so he's still kind of a pain in the ass yeah like like your dad is great but he can, but still, he can be, still be a pain in the ass yeah, yeah exactly yeah. So, um, and so that's why I was getting drunk every weekend. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, okay, so my friends weekend, who are a year weekend. older yeah. go on senior week, and I just tell my 
parents, like my dad, who was like newly back in my life, was like, I don't think you should go. And I was like, well, I'm going to go. And he was like, I forbid you to go. And I was like, well, I'm going. Like, that was like, you know, like, that's kind of what happens. I'm like, yeah, yeah you don't, this you isn't don't, how this works anymore. Yeah. 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 Like, what are you going to do? Like, I'm like, have my own job. I, you know, like, I'm driving, making my own money at this point. Like, right. And I'm not even living with what, you. What's so. your job? Oh, God, I had every shitty job. I was a caddy on a golf course. I bust tables. I bagged groceries. Like, I did every, like, typical teenager job. Did, how long could. did you have those jobs? Did you keep getting fired? No, no. <laughs> or did you had multiple jobs at once? No, I caddied from like 13. I caddied before I could get a work permit because it was right. just all cash, right? Mm-hmm. So I was caddied when I was like 13 to 14. Then I started working at the grocery store. Um, and then like 16, 17, I was like bussing tables mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So making like four twenty five an hour was like oh minimum wage then. Yeah. So I... Um, so I go, and all of the guys who were the year older than me were, like, super smart and, like, nice. And, like, so, like, this, like the one guy who was I was friends with was the captain of the swim team, the valedictorian of his class, prom king. He was just, like, and, like, the nicest human you mm. ever want to meet. Don't you hate those people? I know. He's so <laughs> wonderful and, like, so, like, suave and handsome. And so there was this girl who was the same year as them. Mm -hmm. And like, they were all part of this, like, they were like the good kids. They were like super smart and like just nice, good humans who like followed the rules and stuff like that. And- The ones that are out drinking and partying? They were like, I was like way more experienced with like drinking and partying than them. Oh, okay. So they were like just getting into this kind of a thing? Yes. Oh, They had never really done this before. Okay, all right. And so, that's why they invited you to like, mm, Jared, like, he has some clout. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but so the first, and so I had seen this girl in, we had had some classes together and she was like athletic and smart and like beautiful and like sort of in this like out of my league. Cause I was like a bad kid. This is what I thought about myself, mm-hmm. right? Like. Because I think some of this was like, like I'm from a fucked up family. I drink and party on the weekends. Like I'm a bad kid. You're a good kid. Mm-hmm. And we started spending time together at the beach. Like you know, our friend groups. It was like the group of guys and the group of girls, and we would all be like hanging out on the beach. And like she and I started like taking long walks and having these like long talks together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And she had always been best friends with my friend who was like Mr. Perfect, right? And so we start like feeling things for each other. And at one point we're like on the beach together at night, just the two of us like sitting there like watching the waves. And she tells me how she's like never really like dated anyone and she's never even kissed a guy. And she, and she told me how she had always like been hung up on my friend, Mr. Perfect. But, and she had like made it known that she had feelings for him and he was like, no, I only want us to be friends, like blah, blah, blah. And she at one point looks at me and says like, and like, what would you do if I kissed you right now? Which the only thing to do when someone tells you that is kiss them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you? I was so filled with like unworthiness and like, mm. and so I just kind of went like, I, I want that to be something that like, 
like you're sure about and like mm. whatever right you questioned it almost yeah i mean it was my like i'm not good enough yeah, for this exactly. person coming out right? right like why would she want to mm-hmm. be with me like of course she should be with someone like mr perfect mm-hmm. like that's you know and i go home and i you know walk her back to her where she's staying and hug and say goodnight and i walk back to my house of guys including mr Bur- and i'm so intoxicated and like in love and confused and i mean not not actually intoxicated right i was like and i'm like i and i was like can you guys like can someone like talk this through with me and our other friend goes i i don't think i can help but i think you two need to talk like me and mr perfect mm. So, I, I, I'm not saying Mr. Perfect didn't pejorative, I'm just trying to keep names yeah, out of, of it. Course, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. So, so we both do this dance of like, well look, like, you're my boy, and like, whatever happens between you and her, like, we're still cool, like, we both kind of do this, like, mm-hmm. for a while, and at one point I'm like, okay, but like, what do you want? Yeah. And he's like, well, seeing you guys together has made me like, rethink. Want her. Yeah. And I was like, well, then you need to go and tell her that. And then they dated for the rest of the summer until they went off to college. And I had, to, and then the next day, I, I get, I have, I'm his ride home from the beach. So we have like a two hour drive in my car oh. together. Oh. He gets out of the car. I'm like, okay, man, like, see you later. Like, awesome week, like, blah, blah, blah. Door shuts, I put the car in reverse and just start bawling. Mm. I'm just, this was the start of my, I always cry in my car to this day. Mm-hmm. I never realized this was the start of it. And it's, God bless my sister. She's the most wonderful human ever, even though she used to beat me up when we were kids. <laughs> um, I get home and I walk into the house and I've got like a duffel bag of my, and just still like full on like, rah, like just, and she looks at me and she's like, what? She gets up from the couch and is like, what happened? And I was like, I fell in love and I was like, "Mad!" she like hugged me and held on to me while I cried for like Aww. three minutes. Then I just like went up to my room and like put on music and like laid on my bed and cried myself to sleep. Um, and I think like that, that experience was like, I don't know, something about There's something about that that really has fed into some of my stuff around intimacy of like, that I'm, that I'm gonna get close to someone and be just destroyed, you know? Also like sort of like seeing my dad go through that. I don't know, I don't know. Well, it's interesting because like, Do you feel like if you had kissed her, things would have played out differently? I don't think so. You don't think so? You still think she would have ended up with the other guy? Yeah, for sure. So why do you think she said, what What would you do if I kissed you right now? She no, I, I think she wanted to kiss me. I think we would have kissed. I think, like, but my, like, sort of shame and, like, you know, like, lack of self-worth stuff, like... There's something to that. There's something important about that moment mm-hmm. that I I didn't I didn't act on what I wanted. Mm-hmm. 
But I think had we kissed that night, I would have still gone home to the same conversation with Mr. Perfect. And then he would have been like, I want her. And I think and I would she have, would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. They're both wonderful human beings, by the way. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like even like I think it's a testament to your character that like you're a 17 year old horny boy. <laughs> been drinking all week with this beautiful girl yeah who's like i really want to kiss you and then you're like you know obviously there's other stuff going on but then yeah. you go and you're you know i just want you to know like how are you feeling like what 17 year old boys are uh. doing that <laughs> you know like that's so mature yeah. for that for your age and like so considerate of you and again that kind of goes into like well you want to make sure everybody else is okay yeah you know um but yeah, no, that's horrible. I mean, I, it, I think it, like, it seems to me like a lot of the pain around that is like, not only did she, you know, want the other guy and you opened up mm -hmm. and she essentially were, she chose someone else, mm -hmm. but like, it was all of that, like undeserving low self-worth yeah, thing yep. that made you like you almost sabotaged yourself yep, a little yep, bit 100 percent. yeah 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 and so and then the sabotage ended in abandonment yep yep and that's what your dad did mm, interesting yeah yeah it's so like the generational trauma stuff is like yeah. that's real stuff right yeah, yeah. It's so crazy how like when you when people look at patterns in their life, they're like, you know, they're like, oh, I never wanted to be like this person in my life. And then like the way the pattern plays out is like, yeah, yeah. well, and obviously like you're not like your dad and like you don't yes. have an anger issue and you're yes. not yelling or whatever. Yeah. But um, oh, man, I'm sorry, friend. No, it's OK. Well, and again, like I um, and like I, I think the other thing I want to reiterate is like I was still even through all of my high school years, I was still really active with like the church mm. and, and especially these like retreats, you know, and had I not, had I not had that and like older people in those spaces, you know, like I like, and being Episcopalian, like it's so open and sort of liberal and accepting. Like, so I would like there, I would like, there were like priests that I was like, cool with that would were part of these retreats and stuff and i'd be like father john like come on like masturbation like come on like it's cool right and like you know and they would just like laugh and like put yeah. up with me you know because yeah. i was like sort of stunting in front of other people and stuff but to have that sort of safe haven even though i was doing all i think i would have just been mm. i would have been consumed by anger and mm. self-loathing and drinking and drugs and stuff like that if I didn't have that, you know? So I've been so lucky in so many ways. Mm. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Um, yeah. Well, do you want to keep going or do you want to cut it off at that point? Okay, I think I can do, I think I can do a couple quick things to a wrap up. Okay. So I go to college and college for me was, cause see, this is the other thing is like my whole life I had always had well, like from the time I was a, like a teenager, I had had like close female friends. Um, so I like my amazing friend Therese was like, I, was another one of those like protective factors. Like she was so wonderful. Um, 
and such an amazing part of my life. And going to college, I like went to college where a friend of mine went and like joined a fraternity at this like small school. And that was kind of me like, even where I chose to go to college was like, I was like trying on this persona and like being in a fraternity, I was like trying to like, I was, I was like trying on toxic masculinity kind of, mm-hmm. right? And like, because I had all this like anger and shit still that I hadn't deal with, dealt with, like I don't like who I was in college at all. Mm. Like I have amazing friends. I was lucky that the fraternity I joined was full of like really good mm. men, you know? Uh, who are still some of my best friends, but like have never been to a reunion. Like if you kind of, like there's a woman at work who went to the same college that I went to a year ahead of me. And she was like, oh, she was like, my little sister in the sorority was like this girl that I like had a on again, off again thing with. And I was like, oh no. I was like, I hope she doesn't. Cause I'm like, I just want to say, like if I like anyone who kind of knew me in college, I just want to say to you, if you're listening, I don't like that guy either. Mm. You know, like I was just, I was drinking all the time. I was, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, I got drunk without fail. Mm. We got to the point where my senior year, like me and my friends would like, on Saturday night, it would be a battle to like get drunk. Cause mm. like our tolerances were so high. Like oh, we would have wow. to like, like we'd have to like, I would have to, so you'd buy like a 12 pack of beer for Thursday night, a 12 pack of beer for Friday night. And then on Saturday night, like, my friends would go 12 pack of beer plus they would start by like downing a bottle of champagne and I did I bought those little like 100 proof like peppermint schnapps things and I would like down that with like my first like couple beers it was crazy and just hooking up with girls and like being a dick um yeah I have a lot of things that I regret um then to me where my life changed in so many beautiful ways for the better was when I, a couple years after I got out of school, I went and went back and got my master's in counseling psychology. And part of being in a program like that is you have to do your own work. I had gotten an assistantship where my boss was one of the addictions therapists at the counseling center and probably like the most important person in my life. <laughs> mm. um, and we met every week for an hour that was basically like therapy for mm. me. Cause I like, I, you know, I like, we talked about work stuff and I could like, um, but she helped me look at and get healthy from some of the really, um, negative kind of codependent relationship patterns. I was just repeating over and over again in my life. She helped me, her name's Robin. She helped me deal with, uh, so much stuff with like my you know like deal with like my reactions to my dad and being able to like okay he's just being an idiot right now like I don't have to like take that in like it's not my fault you know and I started doing these um, yeah started doing these like service trips to the uh, to a Lakota reservation out in South Dakota like I just got like so many gifts in my life and it like kind of set me on the path that I'm on today, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like... It was like a turning point. Yeah, oh, huge. It was like the first... And I remember like at that time in my life being like, I don't want anger in my life anymore. 
I mm. don't want because I was like and I never was like but I was just so consumed mm. you know by like yeah well, bitterness and yeah. self-loathing and it came out in in how I acted towards friends and certainly how I acted towards women I was involved with and like just yeah mm. you know but that Robin saved my life and like that time in my life is like yeah I think the the greatest gift so lucky and like so un- undeserved mm. like such undeserved grace you know um and what age were you at this point 25 okay. I think yeah 2005 to 2007 so I was like 24 to 26 yeah mm. um yeah mm. so that's like a good first chapter I think I so like. yeah okay. for sure Aw, thank you for sharing, friends. Yeah, this is like scary, but I feel, I feel, I think I yeah, feel. Yeah, like, how do you, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there's anything you want me to cut out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just ask, like, and I, I think you, I really appreciate you sort of like re emphasizing, like, that I'm not trying to, like, I hope people don't hear that I'm complaining about my life. I hope people don't hear that I'm blaming anyone in my life, either of my parents or, or anything like that. Um, you know, yeah. I, I mean, and I hope if someone if if someone hears this and it helps them, then that's yeah. Great. Well, yeah. and I think you know, I think too, like because I've thought about this before, of like how much should we share about our relationships and about our families, and you know, yeah. because it, at first it it wasn't this deep. Yeah. When we first started, it was just kind of like to- more topical and um, funny stories, and you know, now it's more of really kind of getting into our, our lives and what we're going through and how we're dealing with it and the emotions involved. And, you know, I just think about when people write biographies and they write books or they do blogs or other podcasts. I mean, it's a part of normalizing our experiences that other people most likely went through as well, but maybe in different ways. And like, it's just because we're talking about something that we went through that was like really hard doesn't mean that we still don't love those people. Yeah. You know, like I definitely like still have loving feelings if or and not still in love with my ex, but he was not the kindest to me at all times. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, um, I don't know. We're doing the best we can. Just give us grace. <laughs> give our yeah. families grace. We don't. Uh, we don't know. Yeah. Honestly, we don't know what the fuck we're doing with this podcast. Exactly. You know, it it may come to bite us in the butt later. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, I, and yeah, and and I and I know that. Yeah, and I share this at the start of the podcast, right? And it's and I don't feel I don't feel too worried about it right now. But something that's always alive for me in this podcast is like when I was so angry and in such a confused fucked up place like there were people that I know I hurt Mm. you know through my through my own really shitty actions and and I um yeah I don't like expect forgiveness for that but I I I hope I don't know I I hope I am doing good in the world now I don't know yeah yeah I mean well it's exactly like what we said in the beginning like we don't have to excuse behavior, but yeah. we can try and be more understanding towards why it was there and have empathy and then also set boundaries. Yeah. Right. And like, and I am prepared for like a full reckoning, you know, like there's in the 12 step process, there's, 
um, like the amends process, you know, like you make a moral inventory, like a searing moral inventory of like all the things you've ever done and stuff like that. And like, and then you, if it, if it won't cause further harm to the person who you've already harmed, you like reach out to them to like make amends in some mm. way, you know? And just oh, say, I like, love that. If it won't cause further harm yes, to them. Yeah. And so like, that's something that I think about too. And like, so if anyone hears this and is like, cause like th- th- that's my fear is like people hear me on this podcast and go, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like he was like a toxic piece of shit. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, like that, that's what I would say. That. I would well, be like, yeah. But and also I, like, fuck those people yeah. because they were toxic piece of shit at certain times in their lives too. Yeah, I think, and I think everyone is in pain and acting exactly. it out on each other and we have to have empathy I and mean, give each other grace. But I think we also, what I'm trying to do is like also model like holding myself accountable and sort of taking full responsibility absolutely. for like, I was a toxic yes. piece of shit. And you can't, yeah. yes. And you can't be responsible if other people um, still give you a hard time for that yeah. or don't accept it or yeah. whatever. That's no longer your responsibility. You're doing your part. Oh, uh, that's fair. You know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you liked the episode. Oh, wait. Uh, what are you grateful for? Don't I know. I was getting that. there. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, I, I am grateful that... I was writing this in my gratitude journal today. Um, I am grateful that I have done so much work that I am able to allow myself to grieve Hmm. and not just continue to store it in my body. Yeah. And you know, like I have continued to have nights where I'm crying and thinking about my ex and just feeling a lot of pain and like that's healthy yeah and so i'm just i don't i'm so glad that i am not in a cyclical um cycle sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm so glad that i'm not in a cycle Something that's cyclical. No, um, that I I'm not continually and repeatedly going into relationships feeling really really hurt, pushing it down, never dealing with it, and then going to the next relationship. Yeah, because that's not healthy, and it'll come out eventually. And I'm allowing myself to grieve, and I have the tools to grieve in a healthy way. And I'm just really grateful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm grateful because of everything I just talked about. I mean, I'm grateful for so many people that showed me like love and understanding and you know like especially like robin and john and all of these people um and like you know something that's true right is we like suffer in isolation and like the feeling of like we're the only one or there's something wrong with us like that's sort of where all suffering comes from and Mm -hmm. we heal in relationship like that's Mm -hmm. the only way to heal um and so i'm really grateful for that and i'm grateful for you for encouraging me to do this Aww. <laughs> well, I actually wasn't the first one that brought it up. Kate was. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks, Kate. <laughs> I'm grateful for Kate, too. Well, um, I'm grateful for you, obviously. Thank you. And I'm grateful for Jenna, our photographer. I'm super excited for um, oh, yeah, just be so continuing fun. to, like, rebrand and get this, you know, like, just continuing to, like, move forward. Yep. You know? Um, 
And did I say I appreciate you guys? Oh, all the of our yeah. H&G listeners. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we're so We love you. We appreciate you. We love you. you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hitting us up. Thank you for reaching yeah. out to our sponsors. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Thank you for telling a friend. It means the world to us. Yeah. 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 And if you haven't rated or reviewed, go to Apple Podcasts, do us a solid. Yes. Write us a review. Um, and again, you can find all of our other stuff, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. And guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.